Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, December 30th. Coming up on the show today, we will give you a Music City Bowl preview with Josh Ward from WNML, but we begin with a wild night of hockey and basketball for the state of Tennessee. Attention all humans who own homes and care about their bank accounts. Yes, I'm talking to you. You need to remember the name The Kingston Group. Just know the name, have a conversation with them, learn about your house, learn about the options for your house, and learn about what they can do to help you make money, build equity in your house, and of course, you know, have a better time in a cooler home. So this is what the Kingston Group does. Outdoor spaces, renovations, wings, garages, all types of stuff. They can handle it. Make sure you give them a call. The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Just remember the name, The Kingston Group. It was a wild Wednesday night for both hockey fans and college basketball fans in Tennessee and probably created a bizarro sense of deja vu like all in one evening. The Nashville Predators had not played a game in 12 days and were going at it without their best player, Captain Roman Yossi, due to COVID, on the road against the Washington Capitals and former head coach Peter Laviolette. The Tennessee Volunteers basketball team, ranked number 19, hadn't played a game in seven days and were without their two best players, John Fulkerson and Kennedy Chandler, also due to COVID, also on the road against a conference rival in Alabama. Both teams were shorthanded, and both teams were sort of playing with house money against very good competition. The Capitals are a first-place team in their division in the Eastern Conference, and Alabama is a top-20 team in the country with wins over top-10 teams. Neither the Predators nor the Volunteers really had any business winning on Wednesday night, but both competed at a damn fine level considering the situations. The Predators gave up three goals in the first period, and previous Preds teams probably would have quit, but not this one. Nashville scored three goals in the second period and tied the game up. Washington eventually was too much, and a goal with just over five minutes left to go in the game eventually won it 5-3 to three for Washington. The Preds didn't play good enough defense for most of the game, and the loss snaps the eight-game winning streak. Nashville now sits at 19-11-1 on the season as it tries to bounce back quickly on a quick back-to-back turnaround. The Predators will face Columbus on Thursday evening, puck drop at 6 p.m. The Tennessee Volunteers led for most of the game in Tuscaloosa, but simply did not have the personnel to attack Alabama without their best frontcourt player and best backcourt player on the evening. Eventually, Bama, a team with arguably the best backcourt in the country, started to knock down long-range shots, and Tennessee's offense completely stagnated in the final minutes of the second half. And that was enough for a team of Bama's caliber to beat a team as shorthanded as Tennessee. The final score was 73-68. But it will be noted by the experts, the talking heads, and hopefully committee members in March that Tennessee took Bama to the wire in a true road environment without their best two players. It was just a hell of an opening night for SEC basketball. Kentucky rolled Missouri, and Auburn jumped all over LSU to give the Tigers their first loss of the season. Needless to say, we are off and running in the SEC, and very glad that hockey is finally back, even if the results weren't what many of us would have wanted to see on Wednesday evening. Oh, wait, John Morant did what? We welcome to the show Josh Ward from WNML, at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter. Josh, hope you had a great holiday. Tennessee playing in the Music City Bowl on Thursday against Purdue. What is it that you think would benefit this program the most? Like, are, are you watching for young players? Does the result matter? Like, what is it that you're looking for that would benefit this Tennessee program the most? I would say, really, it's just a continuation of the offense coming out firing. And uh, what does that mean for the future? 
not really anything other than it's a statement that the month of December was one where you had Hendon Hooker announcing that he's coming back. You finish solid in recruiting and you can finish off with a bowl win, which really just to me caps off 2021. I don't take anything from the bowl game, including young players like, you know, if Christian Charles goes out there and has a pick six, you know, that's something I guess we can talk about in the offseason. So I shouldn't dismiss it, but I think it's more about just finishing off this year in a very positive way to try to then create offseason excitement because there wasn't much offseason excitement this past year. Fans love Josh Heupel right now, and they love what this offense was, but that was not the story of the the offseason heading into this season. It really picked up after the season began. So this upcoming year, Tennessee can have an offseason where they do maybe get off to a better start in recruiting. They do have a spring with a quarterback coming back that fans can be excited about. If Tennessee were to lose the bowl game, I also don't think it really means anything but to fans, it probably would. And uh, and the the psyche, the mindset of the, the fan base at Tennessee, I think it often matters. Do you think it matters what the crowd looks like as far as like gauging where this fan base is? Because we know that the, all the positive vibes are are coursing through through Knoxville right now, but they sort of want to recapture Nashville as a market. It's sort of kind of turned into like it's part Alabama, part Kentucky, part, you know, Auburn. Is there is there anything there to, to look at as far as how many people show up in Orange? Probably not. Maybe if you told me you could get a, a real sense of what the recruit attendance is, because that's what really matters. What, what are the recruits in the mid-state throughout the state of Tennessee think of Tennessee? Because they didn't think that highly of Tennessee in the 2022 recruiting cycle. And there can be a number of reasons for that, but the result's still the same. And everybody agrees. Josh Heupel included, most notably, I would say, that recruiting in the state is going to be really important moving forward. If Tennessee is going to maximize its potential as a program, it has to recruit successfully in the state of Tennessee. That doesn't mean landing everybody. Nobody lands everybody, including Georgia, Florida, the Florida schools, Alabama. You don't land everybody, but you need to get the big hitters, and you need to get enough to build around in recruiting. So fan attendance, I'm not too worried about that for UT. If, if the results are there in the future, and that's more recruiting-based player development, then the fan uh, excitement, the fan buy-in, Nashville West, I think that will grow if the results are there. Do you have any particular matchups, anything in the game on the field itself that you like outside of the offense kind of continuing its its role that you think is is critical? Well, I guess I could come back to the secondary, which I you know I try to dismiss young players step stepping up and making plays, what that might mean. But Tennessee is without Alante Taylor. They have guys that are gonna have to to play a bigger role in the bowl game in the secondary that will likely be playing a lot more in 2022. So Haddon at corner. Uh, Charles is a younger player that has created a lot of excitement in the program. But if they play well, you know, part of the problem there, if you're talking about matchups, you don't have David Bell. I'd love to see what young players can do about him because you want to talk about a challenge, one of the biggest of the year, but he's not playing in the game. Uh, so they're down a couple of guys at wide receiver. So that's why we need to be careful about reading too much into it. But uh, that and then creating pass rush. I have no reason to have any kind of concern about replacing key players at wide receiver. But on the defensive side, can they continue to develop? Can they create more pass rush? So Byron Young next year, we're going to talk about him all offseason as well as a couple of guys coming in. Uh, but what can they do on the defensive side? Because they have to be better. Uh, they were better than I expected this year. But to, again, compete at the top of the SEC to be better against Florida, Georgia, Alabama, LSU next year, the defense is going to have to be even better, create pressure, create more takeaways for Tennessee to compete. 
you know, Josh, I'm sorry, but I have a difficult time asking folks to analyze the X's and O's of bowl matchups. Um, it's just, it's hard to do. And you did it deftly. And I appreciate that. Just two old dudes, old curmudgeons breaking down why a bowl game doesn't matter. Josh, always a pleasure, man. Have a great new year. Uh, enjoy the game. Uh, we'll talk next week. Thank you, bud. Yeah, Braden, I love bowl games. I just don't love to overanalyze bowl games. I, I think that's totally fair, Josh. Happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, thank you. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. They are the only people you need to know and the only people you need to call when making a big decision about your house. The website is buildkg.com. Check out their work. It speaks for itself. The Kingston Group. Check out the website, buildkg.com. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Enjoy the Music City Bowl today. Enjoy some bowl games. Get ready for your New Year's Eve weekend. All that great stuff. Thank you guys all for listening. Please check out the YouTube page, 440 Sports, as well as all the other great podcasts, the Gold Standard, Lamestream Sports, Fringe Element, and Club and Country, Football and Other F-Words, Music City, Audible, all the great shows from the 440 Sports Network. We really, really appreciate it. Maybe tell somebody about it. Just just share the products with one person. That's all that we ask. My name is Braden Gall, at Braden Gall on Twitter, at 440 Sports on Twitter. Again, thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, December 30th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.